When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 234 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says raise the standard for what you'll accept for yourself and your life, then watch what happens. Joining me on today's show is Sean Brewster. Sean is a myotherapist and an exercise psychologist or physiologist, I should say, who has spent his 20-year career in private practice and in the education space. Sean is the owner and the director of Continuing Education Australia, the fastest growing provider of professional development education for manual therapists in Australia. Now on today's show, Sean is going to share recognizing the power of doing what scares you most. Because when you say yes to doing things that most people won't do, you'll get opportunities that most people won't get. So true. So true. Easier said than done though, Sean. Look forward to diving into that. He's also going to talk about discovering what happens when you take relentless optimism every day or optimistic action every day, as well as finding out how important it is to build equity in your own personal brand for long term rewards and how that brand is the most valuable thing you'll ever create. So welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So you've been involved in uh, for 20 years in private practice as a myotherapist and an exercise physiologist. That's right. So yeah. I've been in private practice working for myself and working for other people, but in the private practice setting for the last couple of decades. Yeah. Yes. And so with the Continuing Education Australia, is that something that you've just recently established or for a while now? And when we say manual therapists, uh, talking about massage therapists, myotherapists, just mm-hmm. define that for us if you would. Yeah. So when we say manual therapists, it's like you said, massage therapists, myotherapists, uh, physiotherapist, osteopaths, chiropractors—the yeah. people that kind of work physically with bodies. Yes. In a in a touch therapy kind of approach, mm-hmm. and also exercise prescription kind of approach. Yes. Um, but yeah, CEA has been around for uh, just a little over two years now. But I've been teaching in the postgraduate education space and tertiary education space for about the last. I guess 15, 16 years or so. Yeah. In that um, area then, that industry with professional education or professional development, if you will, I know a lot of industries say that to maintain your status or somehow you have to have ongoing education. Is that the same with this industry too? 100%. Mm. Yeah, it absolutely is. So within the health practitioner um, sphere, we're very lucky that we are forced to do that. So it yeah. means that nobody can really kind of get 
left behind as far as skill and knowledge goes yeah. unless they're the only unless the, the education they're undertaking isn't you know of a high standard or of relevance to what they're doing yes um, but by by and large most of us have to kind of keep pushing our skills and knowledge all the time which is good because it yeah. raises the standard of oh, what we're all doing absolutely and I know if I think back I was in the career industry and that was very much the same too we had professional development which was aligned with the actual expertise and then there was other development whether it be business development to help us because many of us in private practice I mean that's a whole other skill set isn't it to build a personal brand and a business that is successful sure. is that the same with um, what you're offering uh, others we so we I made a conscious decision about six or seven months ago um, to divide what I was doing with with regards to teaching content mm. so I was trying to teach at that point both the practical skills that manual therapists and exercise professionals need to be able to do their work effectively mm -hmm. and to raise their, their skill set as they go. Yeah. And also I have a real passion for business and entrepreneurialism and mm -hmm. I, I like teaching business and marketing. It's something that I've I've fallen into comfortably and, yes. and I've got my head around and studied for a long time now and, and I enjoy teaching that. But then about probably six months ago, I decided that there was just too much of that going on mm -hmm. in, in the health industry. And mm -hmm. a lot of what I was seeing wasn't really good as in it was it was teaching a marketing approach that was maybe not as in line ethically with what we do as health practitioners as, mm. as, as I would have liked. So yes. I decided that rather than charging for business education, I was from this day for, from that day forward, I was going to do it for free. Wow. So mm. since then, I've been running free workshops, free online um, training, mm -hmm. uh, just putting out content daily on a number of different platforms, podcasts and vlogs and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere as much yeah. as I possibly can to get what I think is good ethical marketing and business practices out to the world yes. for free to re remove or reduce the amount of friction that people have when they're trying to get the, the quality information that they need. Yeah, well, that's, um, you know, on behalf of everyone that's been watching and listening and absorbing your content, I'm sure a uh, huge thank you uh, is, is well deserved your, your way. Let's talk about recognising the power of doing what scares you the most. That, As I said earlier, that is so much easier to say than do. Share some insights around this. Okay, so I think that's been a theme in my in my life and my career, um, whether it was an intentional uh, approach that I took to things or whether it's something that I kind of fell into. I've mm. been for the last, I guess, 17 or 18 years into long distance running, so mm. ultra marathons, trail running, where you run for days at a time rather than you know minutes or hours. Yes. And through that, I've learned that we're all kind of capable of way more than mm. we assume that we are in, in the first instance. So finding your own limitations and pushing beyond those has been a theme uh, both through the running and I did martial arts prior to that and a, a bunch of other things and then that's translated into into business mm. and into doing my own thing for, you know in the professional world um, it seems like every time that I find an opportunity to do something that takes me out of my comfort zone or, or pushes me a little bit if I can just hang in there a little bit longer than maybe mm. feels comfortable or feels you know um, viable yes. then the other side of that is always where the gold is, mm, mm. Uh, whether that's in a physical endeavor, in a business endeavor, in anything at all. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, finding your limitations and just kind of ignoring them and pushing that little bit further and seeing what is actually possible yes. has always been a theme that, that I've found myself falling into yeah. uh, and then getting the benefit from in the yeah, long term. Absolutely. You know, something as you're sh sharing that, there is something that has to be aligned to a mindset or something you tell yourself because if you're running or you're doing something in your business that's really stretching yourself you know quite thin or whatever if you knew well you know what just one more mile and I'll have hit through that barrier and I'll be there if we knew where that that point was 
we would be fine. But it's not knowing that. So what do you tell yourself when you're at that point where you're you just about to go, you know what, this is just, but you just keep on going. Is there something that you say to yourself? You probably don't even realize what you're doing. But for, you know, if you take, if you slow that down, what do you do when you get to that point where you're just about to walk away and think, you know mm-hmm. what, this is, yeah, what happens that enables you to have the strength to continue on? I don't know about enables me to have the strength, but I'm actually very, very much driven by the fear of regret. Uh, so the thing, I'm, I'm more afraid of what would happen if I didn't mm-hmm. give it my all or what yes. would happen if I didn't try my best. Uh, so if we go back to a running example, uh, an example of I was doing a 100-mile race in the mountains a few years ago and mm-hmm. I was injured before I even started the race, but I, I was doing it for a cause that I really believed in. Yes. So I pushed through it and got more injured as I went, but it just got harder and harder and harder. But I thought to myself, I could stop here and I actually mm. felt like I, I should have. Mm. But then what happens if I had actually pushed on and gone further and, and completed it? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to die. Like I, I know my body well enough that I can stop myself before that will happen, before mm. anything serious will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but this fear of not doing something when I could have possibly done it yes. is what drives me, I think. And the same thing happens for me in business now when I look at examples of what I'm doing with, with Continuing Education Australia. Mm. One of the big steps or leaps of faith that I took maybe in the last 12 months more so was to put myself out there more as a as a personality within that industry mm-hmm. um, mainly through social media and that took a lot of ignoring the voices inside my head mm. um, because in in this very conservative health practice industry most people are very very conscious of how they're perceived yes uh, and very very conscious of what they're putting out to the world as being a very polished version of themselves mm-hmm. i decided that i'd go less polished give them my real version mm-hmm. and and be willing to cop some flack on that but actually be real yeah and actually connect with people in a better way yeah and I think that um, doing that has given what I've seen is giving other people permission to do the same yes which and has I'm been one of the most rewarding things oh, I've done so far absolutely and I think um, you know sometimes when we look at any situation what you so um, you know explained to us so well is that often there will be internal voices uh, our inner critic putting expectations um, up so high that there's just no way we can achieve that. Sometimes what else can happen, and you said this too, and I want to just dive in a little bit to this because this is the feedback that I often get. It's what externally people say, feedback that we get. In Australia, we tend to, you know, that tall poppy syndrome, which is anyone who's rising above, anyone who achieves something or seems to be stepping out and being different, challenging the status quo, we want to come in there and kind of chop them down back to our level. How do you, do you ignore that? What did, what did you do? I, I made a video on that topic, that exact mm. topic, the tall poppy syndrome, yes. uh, only a few months ago. Um, because it perfectly explains the whole concept of you know not being willing to stand up and have yourself counted as mm. a valuable member of or contributing member of a, in a, of a community. Um, my my approach to that is um, suck it up and do it anyway, mm. basically. Because I think if you don't, if you if you're a health practitioner, and I, I'm talking to people in my industry, if, I'm, if you're a health practitioner and you really believe in what you're giving to the world or offering to the world is of value, Mm. but at the same time you're not willing to stand up and say, hi, here's me, here's what I've got, Yes. then you don't really believe what you're doing. Mm. You couldn't possibly because if you really think it's of value, why wouldn't you want to share it with more people? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people that will have very strong beliefs about something, but they won't be willing to share it with the world because they're afraid that it might blow back on them. Yeah. I think if it's a true belief in something you have in your core, then 
how can you not want to share it? Yes, that's right. And I think um, what you said earlier around when you did start to be far more authentic and, and just sharing your message, the feedback that you got was fantastic. Now, they're your ideal clients or they're your ideal um, community or people who you want to, to support and to, to you know create that community around. And then there's there may be other people that on the outer that you think, you know what, am I really going to stop sharing my message uh, because of those few? Absolutely. And I still get emails and messages from people sometimes and comments, mm. particularly through social media where it's so easy to do that behind yes. you know, the the, uh, the blindfold of a, a keyboard that where nobody can see you, Yeah, where they'll say things or you know uh, infer things that maybe you think you're a little bit full of yourself or look mm. at you spouting your, your thoughts to the world like you're some kind of guru. Mm. And I know that I'm going to get those comments. I know that I'm going to get that feedback, but it's, I'm okay with that because yeah. I know that the 90% of other people that are actually getting information and benefiting from it, yes. that's where they got, that's what's it's worthwhile for me. And I'm willing to take those 10% or so of negative comments because for mm. me, for me to have people's attention, to be able to share something with them that I think is valuable, mm. I have, that's a trade-off that I have to make. Yeah. Something a mentor told me decades ago around that was that if you do receive comments like that, it's not a reflection on what you're doing at all. It's actually a reflection of where that person is. So that person who said that probably was very self-conscious and would not have dared um, to get up and, and speak and share their message. Yeah. And because of that envy, you know, the tall poppy syndrome again, they feel that they've got the, yeah, the permission, if you will, to, to, to speak out and, and say that. And you need to just get comfortable with that and, and learn to ignore that for, for sure. Let's mm. talk about discovering what happens when you take relentless, optimistic action every day. What happens? Okay. So for me, it is the small inching forward of towards the goal. Mm. Uh, I was for the longest time in my career, probably 15, longer than that, 17 years of, of my professional career, juggling multiple balls. Mm. So I had, you know, working in two different schools. I was running my workshops. I was working in a clinic. I was doing coaching online. I was doing a whole bunch of different things. At one point, I think I had seven jobs, wow. you know, all going yes. at the same time. Yeah. And so for me to really push forward or inch forward on a daily basis on any one of those things was mm. difficult. It was a slow process. Mm. And then a couple of years ago, I had the absolute fortune of losing my job, mm. um, which was not really losing a job. The contract that I had wasn't getting renewed and I had an opportunity to go somewhere else and I decided not to do that. Mm -hmm. Decided to invest myself into CEA and still do my private practice, which I still do now. But that gave me the opportunity to just really hammer harder at the mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's been a really rewarding thing for me to be able to focus my attention on something that I'm really passionate about. So this idea of relentless, optimistic action every day for me is about, you know, seeing that long, long distance goal off in the mm -hmm. future mm -hmm. and then figuring out what I need to achieve that and then reverse engineering it back to the day into those moments and trying to yes. chip away at it and chip away at it and chip it away at it. And then having the mindset of, I can't see the results today. I probably won't see the results next week or next month, mm -hmm. but there are small, these are small steps that I have to take to be able to get where I'm going. Yes. And now as I look back on the last six months or last 12 months or even you know 18 months, I, I can see with 2020 hindsight, I bet the progress I'm making. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the whole idea behind optimistic, op, sorry, optimistic relentless yeah. ac um, activity is that you just got to have a little bit of faith mm -hmm. that what you're doing will get you where you're going. And then just never stop, no matter how hard it gets, just yes, never stop. Yeah. And don't you smile on the inside when people say to you now and they see what you've achieved, oh, you're so lucky. 
I wish I had. <laughs> There's no luck. There is zero luck. No, it's all work. And for me, I'm really lucky. Mm. Lucky. I say I'm fortunate mm. uh, because the work I do, I love. I don't, it doesn't mm. feel like work. You know, yes. People tell me I work too hard, but you know, maybe, maybe when I, I get bored with it or it gets you know mm-hmm. not rewarding, then it becomes hard. But at this point, it's it's all fun for me. So. Yes. There's no luck. It's no. just uh, pushing. Looking back then, it's interesting. You know, you had a number of different activities you're working on, seven in, in, in fact. In hindsight, uh, would had that opportunity not been taken away? Well, actually, you were given an opportunity to really dive deeper into what you're absolutely passionate about and, and really building up. So looking back, could you see then that because you were stretched so thin, the momentum that you were building in each of those opportunities just wasn't there because you were stretched out too thin. So, and, and why I'm asking that, would you suggest to people who are feeling that they've got too many fingers and different pies, if you will, take some fingers out of the pies, leave them for maybe later and focus on some core aspects so that you can build some momentum in, in whatever it is that you decide, this is what I'm going to focus on. Only if... Yes, but only if they're absolutely certain that that thing is, is it, the thing. The thing, yeah. I, for all of my life, and even as as a child, I'd always had multiple interests in things. I was never mm. satisfied just doing one thing. So yes. I've never had a, a nine-to-five. I have had a nine-to-five job, but I've never just done a nine-to-five job. I've yeah. done other things around it, always. Uh, and it's because I'm passionate, interested, motivated by a lot of different things. So mm. that period of me juggling so many different balls, so many different business and kind of interest professional and personal interests for me was an opportunity to taste test a lot of different dishes before I decided which was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And I know looking back now, um, probably more clearly than I realized at the time, but all of those things that I did build, built different skill sets within me Mm -hmm. and different points of understanding and perspective that I now use in, in my professional work. So I wouldn't have changed it. Even if I could go back now and say, no, I'd go full on from the start. Mm. The only thing I would have changed was, was maybe um, putting less time and effort into building something else for somebody else. Mm. You know, I've worked for other people as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, building their business very effectively. And I think that while at the same time building my own thing on the side, I think I would have taken some of that energy and, and directed it more to my own thing because yeah. I could have done both equally at yes. the time. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you should say that because what I've realized over, if I look back over my decade or even two decades, I'm similar because uh, I get bored doing just one task. It's like, okay, it's the learning and the developing, which is the motivating thing. And now I can look back and using all of the skills that I've learned. And I call them multi-talented, multi-passionate entrepreneurs. If we were just doing the one thing, we would get bored and we would almost create our own challenges because that's kind of what fires us up so really that finding that thing if someone resonates with that it's what is it that can allow you to use multiple different aspects of your skills and strengths and Mm. that is being able to see all right what tool what strength what skill do I need to use to to help solve that problem and take this to the next level which as you say is able to to be leveraged in what you're doing now would you say that a fair comment it is and also being willing to recognize that when you you're trying something even if you think it's the thing that mm. you're the most passionate about and you want to you know invest your career or your life into yeah to be okay at 18 months or 2 or 3 or 4 years down the track and say you know what this isn't not exactly what i was after mm. and being willing to to pivot slightly or change yes. a direction or or drop it completely and go somewhere else. Like the, the business I'm running now, CEA, 
this is the third incarnation of this business that I've had mm -hmm. under, t under three different names. I've run this business yeah. with different business partners and different entities, different ways. And it's only, you know, after having done it for 15 or 17 years mm. that I figured out how I want to run it properly. Yes. And now yeah. it's all actually working a lot better. Oh, and I think, you know, as entrepreneurs with the changing market and the demands of our consumers and clients and, and key stakeholders, we have to be willing to adapt and change and evolve uh, so that we can continue to maintain and grow the best of what's working really well and then pushing aside, you know, releasing what's really not serving us, I think. Because I think as yeah. entrepreneurs, what we are creating is very much a reflection of who we are, what we're passionate about, what we stand for, the message we want to share. And mm. if that's not aligned, it's kind of like, you know what, it's, why would I do that for hours yeah, and hours exactly. and hours and day So and day. being agile within your professional space mm. is important, but also being agile in your, own, yes. in your own mind and being willing to go, and this isn't working, yeah. not being too attached to the process. Mm -hmm. Being yes. more focused on the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally uh, resonate with that. Find out how important it is to build equity in your personal brand for long-term mm. rewards. What would you define or how would you define personal brand for someone who's listening or watching and really is not quite sure what that means? How would you define that? I think your personal brand is really a reflection of how the world sees you. It's your reputation. Mm. So mm -hmm. we, this personal brand term is a very kind of fatty kind of term now that everyone's using, but really go back 20 or 30 years, it was just your reputation. Yes. So your professional reputation or your personal reputation um, is basically what your personal brand is. And I think mm. that at some point in, in anyone's career, if they've been doing one thing or working in the one industry long enough, they'll have mm -hmm. developed a reputation for getting results, being able to produce something, being able to manage people, being able to mm. you know steer a business in a particular direction. And that reputation is what precedes you. It goes yes, in front of you. So and that's the most valuable thing. So mm. I know now that if I wanted to go back and work for somebody else, I have enough connections and enough reputation within, within the industry. I could mm. find a job if I wanted to without too much trouble. Yes, That's a really nice place to be. And now I know all I have to do if I want to stay successful is just manage that reputation going mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. And that is in the things that you mentioned that you do, sharing content, making sure that what you are sharing continues to validate, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. There's various qualities and characteristics that's very much uniquely you that you continue to bring forward. Because I think with a personal brand and a reputation, we can control that to a degree. We can influence that in a positive way. But in our actions, our interactions, our conversations, we can actually impact that in a negative way as well, can't we? People don't often oh, yeah. realise that. We're, people are talking about you whether you know it or not. It's just you can influence what they say. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I'm always surprised when – so I put out a, a blog, a vlog, a podcast, mm. um, memes. I do everything, right? As many things as I possibly can every given day. And I'm always surprised when I'll travel interstate or, or bump into someone I've never met before, but it's in the mm. same industry. And they'll say, oh, I, I read your articles or I yes. follow your videos. And I go, There's people out there actually consuming this stuff. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> and then someone else will have a conversation with that person or another person you know, on the other side of the country. And they'll say, oh, do you know Sean? And they'll say, mm. yes. And they'll say something about me and I've never met this person. Yes. That's only happened through reputation mm. and through what I produce. And then it comes down to the micro level where you're interacting with people and People will go that like the old saying is, you know, people won't always remember what you said, but they remember how you said it or how you mm -hmm. made them feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm very conscious of the fact that when I interact with people, that I want to have an impact on them in a positive way, not just with what I say, yes. but the way that they walk away feeling after having had that interaction with me. So all of these things mm. kind of go into this big melting pot of your of your reputation or your personal brand, and then 
you know, how it tastes to people is basically what your brand is. Yes. What I really love about what you're saying and, and what you've said in the previous points, particularly around knowing where it is that you really want to head, then reverse engineering and saying, you know, what do I need to do? And it's the long game, if you will. Because so often as entrepreneurs, we look at what other people are doing, we admire them, we are inspired by them. We take some action steps, we put out a few videos, blog posts, podcasts, and then we take a step back and go, well, it's not working. How long have you been doing it? Well, I had one lady that said three weeks. She said, I'm thinking maybe I need to do it longer. I'm thinking so too. Yeah. Share a little bit about that. It, it, it is a long game, isn't it? It won't happen overnight. How long have no. you been creating all of this content for? In at the volume that I'm mm. creating it now, probably solidly for 18 months, and yeah. it's just increasing. It's yes. not it's not leveling off. It's going up all the time. Yeah. But when it comes to contributing or producing content in the broader scheme of things, mm. I've been teaching and writing articles and doing that kind of thing for probably more consistently for like 10 plus years. Mm. And it's been in that period of 10 years where I've really seen the leverage of that playing out. Yes. And I think for anybody who says, oh, look, I'd like to do what you're doing or something like what you're doing. I want to create a community of people that are listening to what I'm saying and I've got something to share with them. It's years. It's not months. Yes. It's definitely not weeks. It's definitely years yeah. before yeah. you even see anything coming back to you. Yeah. No, I think it's important to know that things will be happening without you, without you recognizing, that mm -hmm. you realizing. And that's the biggest I think that's the scariest thing for me, trying to encourage people to put themselves out there, that mm. they're doing something, mm. they're not getting the response, so they give up. They don't realise that things are happening outside of their awareness. Yes, exactly. People and are listening, people are talking. Oh, you know, so. All the time. And you know, what's really incredible, and you probably have this feedback too, is that uh, when that person does reach out or comment on that Facebook post, whatever it is, they'll often say, I've been watching you for months or years or whatever, and it has taken them that long to feel confident enough to actually contribute or, or share a, a, a mm. conversation with you that you think if, if someone gives up, it, it, it's really sad. But what's even sadder is someone not doing that because I think if they really feel that they want to impart and make a difference in the world, we have to get out there to share that message because mm. there is a lot of online noise, definitely, but that's where I think you are saying it's so valuable to create that personal brand so that uh, your voice, your podcast, your video, whatever it is, how you're delivering your content is they're resonating with it. People that you really want to make an impact um, with are resonating with that and continuing to, to follow you. What would you say to someone that says, oh, all right, I see that I haven't really built a strong personal brand. I do have that drive to, to really share that message, but really that long? you know that that committed that that taking that action step what would you say to them i'd say how bad do you want it right? mm. if you if it's something that you actually really 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 want you'll do what it takes yes um and not only that are you driven by the notoriety are you driven by the the, the quasi fame that you might mm. get within within a small niche space if you are then that's not the reason to do it mm. I put out the content that I put out because if I don't, it'll drive me crazy. Mm. Like I have to get it out of me. Yes. I'll be having a thought and I'll be you know, typing in my phone or writing on a scrap of paper constantly throughout the day, just mm. about every day of the week. Because if I don't put it out in some way, then you know, it basically kills me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a teacher at heart. I've been mm. teaching since I was 14 or 15 in whatever thing I've been passionate about. Mm. So I think that it's just another way for me to teach. I can teach to the world rather than to a classroom when I do it online. I do it in both spaces, Yes. but I, I need that outlet for me. Mm. So if somebody is trying to build a community, build a following, build something, 
and they and they think, oh, I'm not up for the the one year, two year, five year, ten year challenge, then mm-hmm. maybe they're motivated by something else, yes. and that's what they should do. Yeah, and I think with anything that you are building, it takes time to build those solid foundations. And just like a building, I mean, my husband's in the building industry. He said often when they're building big commercial factories and you know high story buildings. What goes, the work that goes in the ground, digging out the dirt, making sure the soil and the, you know, what they're building on is solid enough, building that up, then putting the, that takes time. He said that actually is where most of the work um, is spent. Because if you don't build the right foundations first, when you start to put all of the weight on top and the buildings and the floors and everything, it'll crumble. But that's when you start to see things really happening quite quickly when you've built Mm. the solid foundations. And I think that's what you said so beautifully is that we often don't see um, the results of that, but the momentum is building. Then all of a sudden, did you find that all of a sudden you're building, building, and then all it just went like that, and it continues to go like that? It builds that momentum on its own and continues? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's probably the moment that I realized or recognized that my brand, the equity that I built in my own reputation yes. was paying off. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily when I started speaking to the world online. Yeah. It was more so... The, the contribution of my work to the industry over time mm. that people started to know my name yes and all respect what i was going to say before i even said it because yes. of what they'd seen before yes so i think that, that was the foundation and, and this is also why i've decided to give all my business advice away and marketing mm. advice away for free is because i see people really pushing these sales funnels mm. gimmicky kind of marketing strategies which gives you the building on top of the ground but doesn't give you any foundation yes so they'll have a moment in time where they're successful or um, they've developed this brand uh, awareness Mm. but then you have to keep doing that thing every day to maintain it far better i think to build a solid foundation and then everything you do becomes the building on top of that foundation and it's all aligned and it all supports one another you know as you're talking about sharing content and things um as you would have heard at the beginning of the show i said my name and then the podcasting queen you know it took me years to actually get comfortable with that. I did not name that myself. And I'll often chuckle inside when people hear me say that, oh, who does she think she is calling herself yeah. that? You know, the typical Aussie, we, we, we make sure that we um, don't. But it was because of the work that I was doing, showing up all the time. I mean, we've been doing this for now 10 years. People would actually call me that. And I said, you know what, I have to get over myself and act because the market, the people, mm. they will often, because your reputation just builds momentum and yeah. they'll start speaking to you that way. And you've just got to get comfortable with that. And you know what, just for me, I laugh. So I cre- created a caricature so that I could laugh about it because um, I think it's <laughs> quite separate hilarious. Separate yourself from that person. <laughs> yes, that, that's that person. right. It's like, and you know. And you're, you know, you're several hundred mm. episodes into podcasts. You've been doing this a long time. So you've, yes. the evidence is there. It's not like you're lying. No. It's a name that somebody's given you. Yes. Wear it with pride. Yeah, that's right. And we're yeah. doing a daily one too, you know. Um, we've got multiple shows, but a daily one. So... Um, that's right. I, I think I can um, can say that quite comfortably and, and not have it be just the fluff and bubble. But as you say, the solid foundations upon which mm. you can then continue to, um, to build and leverage. Yeah. You know, uh, Sean, I think everything that you've said today um, can is so relevant to entrepreneurs, no matter what business that they are in, to build a reputation, a personal brand, to make a real difference, um, continues to, to require us to be uh, every day in and being in there, contributing, taking risks, um, you know, changing with the times, evolving is uh, so, so um, empowering. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. For people who would like to connect, find out more about uh, this, the work that you do, how's the best way for them to do that? 
think probably the easiest place to go would be our website, which is um, ceaustralia.com. Mm -hmm. um, there you can get access to all of the, the social media links, the podcast, the blog, um, yeah. email, the, you know, the blog, the whole lot. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, we'll put the link in the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES234. But if you're watching the Facebook live version, of course, you can go there and access will go there in a moment. I'll go and pop in and uh, put all the links in there as well. Sean, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, much success with your ongoing business and running. You're still doing the running and, and all that? Running. Yeah, still fantastic. running. Yeah, fantastic. I've never understood running. Don't enjoy running. You, a lot you're of either a runner or, an, or not. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. It's it's in you or it's not. Yeah. Um, it's definitely in me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you very much and uh, look forward to sharing this very important message with our audience. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure's been on mine. Thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.bethedifferencemovement.com. That's bethedifferencemovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.